One Sunday a month is devoted to the local congregation and each of our congregations handles family business like baby dedications or has personal or private conversations for uh, each of, of our congregations. And this time, uh, Mike asked me to handle it, but ordinarily, Mike would do so. Uh, Karicha, good morning to you too. I know that you're logged in on this occasion. I just wanted to share with you a word um, for us, and then we'll go into a new series. That was where I was going. We'll go into a new series um, next week, a three-week series, and then we'll have another um, moment as a congregation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, uh, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man uh, who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the storms rose, the winds blew, beat up against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And this morning, I, I want to talk to you about that a part of the phrase, uh, that part of the verse that refers to puts into practice, puts into practice. And I want to share with you uh, three principles or practices that will shape your future. And to lead you into that conversation, I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 3 in a moment. But Acts chapter 3 became very personal to me in an unusual way yesterday. I had the privilege of baptizing a couple uh, at the uh, uh, interchurch baptismal pool, otherwise known as something good. Uh, everybody gets baptized there. It's as though when the pastors arrive, the people just clear a path, do what you must do. And I, 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 I baptized Andre and Shante uh, Skuman yesterday. Uh, they were immigrating and they weren't able to wait until Easter weekend when we're doing a big baptism on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, and I, I got to baptize, I got to meet one or two people who come to our church, it's something good. I got to meet one or two people who haven't come to church in a few years. They repented. They said, I'll see you Sunday, Pastor. Uh, and um, But the awkward part or the part that hit home on the scriptures, I'd read it before the baptism and was preparing for today. It's the story of the lame man at the gate beautiful when the disciples go to church and they ask the disciples for some money. Some of you know it and we'll read it in a moment. It, and, and the apostles, uh, the disciples say, silver and gold have I not, such as I have given unto you, rise up and walk and a miracle takes place. Well, I got to the parking lot, this verse fresh in my mind and a guard came around. And you know, our guards are quite entrepreneurial in uh, the Bay. So, 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 I've learned that it's best to come prepared. I think that every person should have a couple of bucks in the pocket for generosity's sake. And I think that that's true in every area of life, right? And I, I, I pulled out uh, 10 bucks and, and gave it to the man. He said, no, sir. It's not the money I want, it's a prayer. Oh, I was broken. And, I, and he said, I remember you from Stanley Street. I was one of the car guards there in Stanley Street. You're a little grayer, he said. You're grayer, he said. He said, you got grayer. So my prayer was shorter. In my mind straight away, I had a much shorter prayer in mind for this man. And he said, Pastor, I do go to church, but I thought if you're here, I, I'll ask you for a prayer for me. And so there we stood at my car door. I'm getting emotional about this. 
stood at my card when we prayed a prayer. And he said, well, keep the 10 rand for somebody else who didn't need, doesn't need the prayer but needs the money. And, and I, I got a little worried when I got in the car that when you look at Acts chapter 3, silver and gold have I none, but what I have is a prayer. Has the church reached the point where we don't have a prayer, but we've got some money? Have we reached the point where there's tithing but not praying? Where we throw something, some resource at it, but it doesn't require anything from our hearts. Okay, I will snap out of this. Um, because I think that putting into practice is personal. And we've turned our faith strangely in the world in which we live in that we practice Christianity in the building. But in Bible times, you prepared in the building and you practiced outside the building. And I won't read the whole of Acts chapter 3 because time doesn't permit, but I encourage you to read it. I, I think that that Miracle story has many sides to it. The, blind, the, the, a bigger part of the lame man was placed at a gate called Beautiful. The temple was beautiful, but his healing wasn't available. And we should never allow our faith to become decor against a world that needs something real and practical. I wonder who was the lamest, the man on the outside or the people on the inside. And I got to thinking about how we navigate, excuse me, how we navigate the practicality of our own faith. And I, I, I am impacted by the reality that uh, the, the world needs not our preparation, but our practice of faith. And maybe there is a need for us to step back into a commitment to say, Lord, I'm gonna put into practice the things I have learned and that I've heard. I worry that perhaps we become students of the faith rather than doers of the word. And there is a practical experience around doing something that is really remarkable. So I wanted to share with you over a couple of minutes just some of the values of putting into practice things. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about some of the things, share with you some of the things we can put into practice. I think they're very valuable. Uh, practice, firstly, creates community. Practice creates community. You know, it's the Herald Cycle Tour today. I think that contributes to some of the online because some people literally can't get out their homes. They've been messaging me. But when I got to the beach yesterday, there was the pre, I don't know, there, is there a shorter version that happens on a Saturday? There is, eh? And so obviously when you park at something good, and I'm really marketing something good, I, I look forward to my reward. Um, <laughs> when, when you park there, you know, the, the guys are all there, and there's a, <laughs> there's a type, eh? It's a type, eh? Uh, the, the, the dress code, all slick, Lumo, shaven, clean, neat. My beard would be a problem. It would stop. It would create resistance. And I can assure you that of all the resistance, uh, my beard would create the least amount of resistance. Uh, there's a type. Uh, the point I wanted to make is that if I bought the bike and the clothes and even did the practicing at home until I got in the game, none of them would know I would want to be part of the community. And you know, being part of community means putting into practice the things that I've heard. 
and I have learned. Look at how uh, Luke chapter 8 puts it. Someone told him, your mother and father, uh, brothers rather, are standing outside waiting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So putting into practice creates community. Whenever you feel like you don't fit into something, all you've got to do is start putting something into practice. And the minute you do that, you fit right in. I shared the story not so long ago of going back to gym. I mean, it's, it feels like yesterday, but it, it was a few months ago. And I had somebody greet me exactly like uh, uh, the welcome team at a church. They said, welcome home, it's so good to have you back. And then they went one step too far. I can see you need a gym session. <laughs> and I thought, there's a lot I can read into that. Either I look stressed or my new pear shape is not being met with approval. But the minute you step into that space and put something into practice, even if you're really weak at it, if all I can use is the bar because the bar is 8 kgs, you know, that's 8 kgs I wasn't lifting before. Even if that's all I'm doing, the minute I put it into practice, I form part of a community. And I just want to encourage you that stepping into the practice of something puts you into the community of something. The car guard at something good seems less now of a nuisance and more now of a brother. All through a single act of prayer together, of putting something into practice. I want to encourage you that putting something into practice creates around you a team of like-minded people. Don't think that the way you have a community is by liking the same YouTube channels or following the same ideologies. Don't worry about that. People will agree and disagree online. Your real family are people who put the same things into practice as you do. That's family. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> family is a group of people who do things a certain way. It's how we do it in our family. That was the statement Jesus was trying to encourage. Secondly, practice produces peace. The more I'm at something, the more at peace I am about it. Have you ever had something you know you have to do and it just bothers you that it isn't done yet? It niggles at your mind and you can push it away, but eventually it'll come at you. Funny story. I had a little niggle like that. I knew that it was time to defrost my fridge. I knew it was time because the freezer section was getting harder and harder to use, but not because it had groceries because the great frozen tundra had moved in to my fridge. Well, I kept saying to myself, well, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. My domestic help said, Pastor, you gotta get to it, you gotta get to it. I felt like saying, we need to get to it. We need to get to it. But one day, recently, I needed something from it and the door had been left slightly ajar and I don't know if you know what happens then. It all just freezes over. Here's the point I want to make. I, I did the things and sorted it out. But here's what I found. A thing of, of that bothers me shifts when I put something into practice. It shifts from undone to done. And something of a relaxation comes into your heart. 
There is somebody you have to say sorry to and it's bothering you. And the more you put it off, the less peace you have. But when you put forgiveness into practice, peace comes. And you can't carry an indefinite accumulation of things you have to get to. When you put them into practice, peace enters your soul and that peace will set you free. Philippians is such a well-known scripture on peace, chapter four and verse eight. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, we all know this part, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then we pause there. But the next verse says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I never quite saw that before. I always thought, well, if I just think about it, I'll have peace. I want to add to that, that this verse doesn't say just think about it. Think about it and practice it. The two together creates peace. You've got things you've been thinking about getting to. God is saying this is your season to step into it and put it into practice because then peace will come into your heart. And I thought, if I, I always considered that if I think about good things, I'll have peace. But thinking is only one step. Practicing, implementing is where the peace comes. I've started to put new things into practice in my life. I've realized that as things change, as I grow in my walk, as I have new responsibilities, I need new practices. So my goal today is when we get to the end of this message that we will pray that the practices of 2019 or 2020 or 2021 will be put aside and God will lead us into new practices for a new season because then our house will be solidly built. We will be hearers and doers on the word and no storm can can come and ruin what God has built for us. I am out practicing the devil. When he wakes me up too early in the morning to bother me, I use it to listen to the audio Bible. I've told the devil, the earlier you wake me up, the longer I'll listen to the scripture. I have a practice that will outperform your temptations and your trials over my life. I'm putting practices in place. When it distracts you, build a routine. And so I've got a new practice and that practice is going to produce peace. Practice also shapes your story. Do you know, I uh, have realized that if I don't initiate, I become somebody else's victim. And putting things into practice puts me in charge of the road God wants me to walk. I mean, I know he's in charge, but by putting things into practice, I get to tell the story as an initiator. So here's what I've, I've decided to do. I'll look for people now in a parking lot who I think I should pray for. Oh, it's gonna cause chaos. Some of you will run from me when you see me in the parking lot. Yes, when I see you there at Spa or Woolies or Pick and Play, I'm going to ask the Lord, Lord, is this one of them? Is this one of them? I've decided instead, I nearly said instead of being the victim, but then that sounds wrong because the conclusion of that sentence is then I will victimize, which is not at all my goal. My goal is simply that I get to tell the stories 
based on the way I'm led rather than tell the stories based on the way I'm rescued. We can't be the rescued all the time. Sometimes we have to become the rescuer. Somebody God has lent upon to do something powerful. Look at what Hebrews chapter 5 uh, verse 14 from the message translation, only verse from the message, the rest have been from NIV. It says, as milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's way. Solid food is for the mature who have, how do you know if you're eating solid food, who have some practice in telling right from wrong. Can I tell you the biblical definition of Christian maturity? It's not what you know. It's knowing what's right and wrong through practice. Do you know, maturity is looking at something early and going, this thing is wrong. Or looking at something and going, this thing is right. And the earlier you can do that along the story, the more mature you become. Practicing what is right and what is wrong. I want to encourage you that one of the most powerful things we can do in putting our faith into practice is just being able to say these words, that's wrong. Or these words, that's right. To be able to say that's ungodly and this is godly. To be able to say this is spiritual for me or this is unspiritual for me. To be able to say this is darkness and this is light. The more you put that phraseology into practice, you know what happens? You start to tell the story of God woven through everything in your life. Can you say amen to that? I met a lady at the beach. I'm going to wrap up with this. I'm convinced that Jesus uh, is inviting me to baptize people just to get me to the beach. <laughs> I have a, an uncomfortable sort of feeling around crowds of people at the beach. And on the two Saturdays that I've baptized, have been the two hottest in decades. Everybody is there cheering us on. I'm trying to be discreet. There they are. I met a lady. She said, um, I listen online. Lovely to meet you in person. Can I look after your bags while you baptize? I said, that'll be wonderful. She said, I can take a photo too. I said, that'll be fantastic. Sent of by the Lord. I got in the car and when I finished this emotional encounter with the car guard, the Lord put an idea in my mind. That's sort of how God talk, talks to me. The Lord put an idea in my mind. That lady uh, who asked if she could keep your bags. Uh, I want you to carry her burden in prayer for a minute. She's burdened. So I sat in my car and I prayed. I thought, well, I'm going for it now. I'm in deep spiritually right now. I've cried. I've celebrated. I've baptized. I've cast out. I've given some money. I've gotten some back. <laughs> I mean, I thought, let us pray. I got home and I received an inbox message. She said, would you do me a favor? Would you pray for me? I didn't want to ask you on the beach, but would you pray for me? I said, you won't believe it, you won't believe it. The Lord said to me, I must pray to carry your burdens in the same way that you carried a bag. And she said, I can't type now, I'm crying. I quite like these stories rather than the stories in which I am somebody else's victim or somebody else's action. 
I'll initiate. I'll put into practice. It'll create community. It'll give me peace. And it'll give me a testimony or story to tell, to glorify and magnify God. I'm a little worried that we're living in a world in which we want more people to tell us more things. Preach a little more like Stephen Furtick, George. I, I don't have the voice for it, I'll be honest. BTD Jakes. I've got nothing. Are we in danger, perhaps, of being overwhelmed with information and paralyzed with inaction? Are we leaving paralyzed people while we make the gate more beautiful? Are we the opposite to the book of Acts? Ten bucks I've got. Don't bother me for a prayer. And shouldn't we step back into saying, I'll tell you what I've got in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Mandela Bay, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Father's house, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Husband, wife, children, broken right now, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Stop spending money to solve a problem that sometimes an intercessory prayer or a song of worship can solve. Ah, little bit of TZ Jakes there, eh? Let me just put this up. I, I, as we lead into our next series, I trust that, you, that you'll, you'll step into this space with us and you'll ask the Lord, Lord, uh, help me to put into practice so that there's no disconnect between what I know and what I do. Because that too is maturity. In fact, there is a verse in the Bible that says, uh, the things I have learned so far put into practice and the God of peace will be my God. The things I know so far put into practice. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we pray. Kericha, will you join me too online? Don't log off just yet. Uh, in fact, the number of people online have grown during the service. That's quite wonderful. Uh, it's, I think, over 500 live connections right now. Uh, and that usually ends on about a few thousand by the end of the day. But I want to, I want to take a minute. You know, um, would you allow me one bold statement here? Can I, can I be a little extra bold? Bold? Um, has, for some of us, online is our only option, and I have so much respect for that. I, I think of Tracy and the family in Tarkasta. Tracy, I'm praying for you today uh, on the promotion of your dad to heaven uh, yesterday. Hey, on, on other news, family good news, um, the Lees are celebrating 46 years of marriage tomorrow. Thank God for online, for, for George and our community there. I know that um, your oldest son celebrates a birthday today, I think. Uh, Jan and Deline, uh, congratulations. But some of you, uh, some of us are in town and I just want to encourage you, uh, start thinking of ways of putting things into practice. Put into practice. Because power comes from practice, not from information. So let's pray. That was the bold statement. I've, I've done it. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that life and peace comes from heaven. 
Thank you, Lord, that when we put things into practice, we are true mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, we're community. Thank you that when we put things into practice, the God of peace rules our hearts. Thank, we, thank you that when we put things into practice, we get to tell the stories of a testimonies of your redemption. Teach us to put into practice right and wrong, to be able to have the confidence to make the declaration to be able to say, rise up today. I speak over every household listening, both in the room and online. Rise up, arise in Jesus' name. I speak to every lame ankle that holds us down, be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak to our church and churches, rise up. This is your time. We're worrying less about how beautiful and more about how powerful, how to lift up the name of Jesus. And we give you praise for that. Also want to invite you, if you are not a follower of Jesus, I am over time, but it's the one privilege of not broadcasting to every side. I, I want to invite you to make a prayer of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I want to end this like that because thousands of people watch this service later than live. And I want this prayer available to anyone who may be in that moment sitting at home listening to this message or listening to the service and you're at home in your uh, bedroom or in your office or in your car and you know you're at breaking point and you feel like the paralyzed guy outside and not the one welcomed in. This is the prayer you pray. We're just going to put it up on a screen and I'll read it out and say it out loud. Kingfisher FM listening. Pray the prayer. And if you do it at one of our churches or here or online, follow a link that says, I'm a new believer and we'll give you all the information you need to follow well. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible, whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debts of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and I receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I too now cross over from death to life. In Jesus' name, amen.